Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the cats right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, which is brought to you by Buffalo Trace and Burst Cheap Metal, uh, we're going to talk about Kentucky's blowout win over Auburn. Uh, P.J. Washington had a good game. Keldon Johnson had a good game. Almost everybody had a good game. And we're going to discuss how Kentucky replaced Reed Travis. And at the end of it, stay tuned because we have some some nickname news for P.J. Washington. I've been trying to get one to catch on, but apparently there's already one that's out there that P.J. likes. way better than yours. False. Let's just, I, I don't know, Kyle. I'll, I'll, let the, I'll let you choose where you want to start at. Well, let's start with the fact that Kentucky beat Auburn by 27. And led by 33 with 11 minutes to go uh, against a pretty good Auburn team without P- without Reed Travis. I mean, all this like, what are they going to do? Which who who will fill in the the gaps? Will it be Nick Richards or EJ Montgomery? Well, it turned out it was just pretty much PJ Washington being a monster <laughs> again. Uh, I would start there. I, I, the fact that they could do this to an SEC opponent that is you know, unless they fall apart, probably going to make the NCAA tournament. A team that played them to the wire in Auburn not that long ago. Without Reed Travis, and Reed played really well in that first meeting, is it says a lot. I mean, that they could do this without him, and the fact they're going to get him back, you know, this is an opportunity for some other guys to flex their muscles a little bit. Um, you know, they got a good contribution out of E.J. Montgomery and Nick Richards. They got 10 points, 10 rebounds, 6 blocks, and 3 steals from those two guys. Pretty good. Um, but that wasn't, you know, it wasn't they they filled in and made everything okay. It was P.J. Washington was insane again. 24 points. He hit five threes. P.J. Washington hit five three-pointers last season. He hit five today. He's now hit 30 for the season, and he's shooting almost – 50% from the, for the year as a three-point shooter. Um, he had 24 points, six rebounds, two assists, a block, and a steal. He was great again. And, I, I mean, I guess that's my takeaway, that, like, he's playing so well right now, and then and all these other pieces are playing so well right now that they could sustain the loss of kind of their anchor. I mean, I think a lot of people thought Reed Travis was kind of the, the – the glue guy of this team, they lost him, and they just steamrolled a pretty good Auburn team today. And then, it, you know, we'll get more into some of these other guys, but the one that really stands out, if you're talking about making up some of what Reed Travis gave you, 17 rebounds by Keldon Johnson today from That's the impressive. small four position. And he played powerful. We did. We talked about this coming in, mm-hmm. that they could go small and play him at the four, and they did that a little bit today. And I think it was E.J. Montgomery that was in the f- at the five in that lineup, which is kind of a, a little wrinkle that I don't think we necessarily anticipated. I think we were under the assumption that it might be P.J. Washington. Um, that's just because kind of the best five, if that was what you right. were aiming to go right. for. But, I think some of that was giving him a breather. Yeah. P.J. played 33 minutes. He, he led the team in minutes in this game. Um, by the way, <laughs> plus minus can be misleading. In this case, it was not. <laughs> plus 32 
in 33 minutes that PJ Washington was on the floor. I, I love the simplicity. Like this is something that I've really come to enjoy about PJ Washington: the simplicity with which he answers some things. Bruce Pearl, after the game, talked about how they told their guys, like Washington's a good shooter get out there and get on him and they didn't the first two threes of the right. game you know they weren't like he was alone right. um but there weren't hands in the face and when i asked uh, pj about it is he was kind of surprised that they were there he was just like yeah their hands were down so i shot it yeah simple and, enough and, and that's and i mean well, it's, it's and, a mark jackson hand down man down yeah and and they'd come into the game with cal saying you know he's gonna be begging reed to come back because he's gonna have to you know bang inside and uh he Another simple answer, like they weren't letting him get the ball inside. They denied him the ball. They were doubling him in the post. And so it was like, well, you know, if this happened a year ago, PJ would have been neutralized. But now he's a three point shooter. I mean, the best, he's the best three point shooter on the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, demonstrated now over the course of a season. He, he is the best three point shooter on the team. And I, say, I asked him kind of jokingly, like, how disappointed are Tyler Hero and uh, Keldon Johnson and others that you're the best shooter on the team now? And he said, I don't know if they're disappointed, but I let them hear it every day. Um, but, again, if this happens a year ago, he's neutralized because they make it a point to stop him in the post, and Reed Travis is gone. But now he can step out and make threes, and he did. I mean, he, he made his first three. He made his first four shots, his first three threes. Then he took a crazy heat check three <laughs> that he missed so badly – um, but let's see. I think he had 11 points uh, in like the first. I think it was eight or nine minutes. It was something ridiculous. And then he yeah. got to 15 and 14 minutes, if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah, with eight with eight minutes to go in the first half, he already had 11 points. Um, so <laughs> that's, you know. that's a, he got off. To, I mean, yeah, it was just one of those things where he he got it going early and then just continued to yeah. He had four, go- 14 in the first half, 10 in the second. Um, and that's the thing with him, though. I mean, there isn't a way to stop him at this point offensively. No. If he can shoot it outside and he can beat you inside, what are you going to do? Yeah. And, you know, uh, the other – let's – because there are other guys to talk about, we'll stay focused, I guess, on P.J. Because, I, I mean, this SEC Player of the Year thing is, gonna, is like, maybe going to happen. We went from, like, oh, well, he's playing like – you know, lately he's playing like the SEC Player of the Year but probably not going to be able to beat out Grant Williams. Well, now it's – I'm not even sure Grant Williams is the favorite. It might be Tremont Waters at LSU because they moved into first place. But without Tremont Waters. Without him today. And, you know, I would argue that he didn't play that well here either. No. Didn't play at all in the win over Tennessee. Didn't play well in the win over Kentucky. I think P.J. Washington's the best player in the league right now. I mean, he's definitely the best player over, the, over this 10-game heater that he's on. Yeah. He now has eight games in the last 10 with at least 20 points. And in the other two, he had like 15 and 18. So, uh, and here's some numbers to consider. Grant Williams was is the reigning SEC Player of the Year. Was considered the runaway front runner for SEC Player of the Year halfway through the year. Over the last 10 games, and that includes a 43 point game for Grant Williams. Grant is averaging 19.2 points, 7.9 rebounds, 1.3 blocks, 1.2 steals, and is two of 10 from three. PJ is averaging 21 points. So more, 7.9 rebounds, the exact same, 1.2 blocks, essentially the same, one steal, essentially the same, and he's 53%, 19 out of 36 from three. Um, I don't, I mean, nobody in the SEC is playing better than P.J. Washington, and there are not more than a couple guys in the country over the last 10 games, which is now, what, a month and a week, 
playing better than P.J. Washington. And Bruce Pearl said after the game, he is a national player of the year candidate, no question. If they went out, which is still, you would probably the odds would be against it considering they have to go to Knoxville and then the SEC tournament where you're either going to have, most likely have to play either LSU or Tennessee to win that championship. Right. So that's... But if they do. But if they do. And he's 20-point a game guy, making threes. And if like it would have to be a situation where Zion's out for an extended period yeah. of time with his knee strain, he's not going to win that. I mean, he, I don't think he can. He, I don't think he could hardly do. I mean, he could go you know thirty points a game for a, a month straight, but I, uh, short of that, I don't. If he keeps doing what he's doing, exactly what he's doing now, I think he'll be an All American. Yes, I don't think he can win National Player of the Year, but I, I think he's. I think he's got a really good chance now of being an All American. And the thing he's got going for him <laughs> is he's the guy. And it's clear. Right. And they're like, playing through him, yeah. I mean, he led him in shots again tonight, 13 shots. It, yeah. I mean, it's he's just been phenomenal. All right. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk about some of those other guys, including Keldon Johnson um, and Ashton Higgins. But before that, I want to tell you guys about Buffalo Trace Distillery, which is the world's most award-winning distillery. You can see 200 years of bourbon-making history in action, smell the mash cooking, touch the charred oak barrels aging in century-old warehouses, hear the tales of bourbon legends, and taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Uh, there are many different types of tours that you can go there's actually six unique complimentary tours and they're offered seven days a week year round um you can go to buffalotracedistillery.com to find out more about those tours you should visit the world's bourbon destination uh to learn more about the distillery's history and those spirits as i mentioned visit buffalotracedistillery.com and right now special promo for you guys you loyal listeners out there if you mention that you heard about buffalo trace distillery on locked on kentucky you get 10 percent off merchandise at their gift shop check out buffalo trace distillery.com you are locked on kentucky part of the locked on podcast network what was the uh quote that calipari said that Keldon Johnson wanted to stab his eyes out after he missed yeah. a layup and a free throw because he wanted a double-double? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he was three for eight from the field, and so on a night where he gets 17 rebounds, he does not get a double-double. And he shot a three trying to get it when he had seven, <laughs> and then he made one out of two free throws later. Because he was sitting, I mean, and Cal's mentioned this a few times, like the one stat watcher on the team is Keldon Johnson. He knows exactly how many points he's got. Uh you know, and if it's if it, when it comes, you don't want that offensively. But if you got a guy who's watching his stats on rebounds, I think you you love that. You want him rebounding yeah. against the re, all nine guys on the floor around him, and he was doing that. Cal said he was coming screaming in for rebounds, so he has eight points, seventeen rebounds, five assists, uh, two turnovers. Great, I mean, a terrific game for him. He they he had the second best plus minus on the team, plus twenty seven. Kentucky was in the 29 minutes he was on the floor. Um, and that was a big, you know, we talk about EJ and, and Nick went for 10-10, six blocks and three steals. That helps make up in a yeah. big way for Reed Travis. But 17 rebounds. The guy who went and got all the rebounds that Reed Travis would get mm -hmm. was the little guy comparatively, the 6'6 wow. six, six guy, you know, not the 7-footer or the 6'10 <laughs> guy. Yeah. Um, and he was, I mean, there were a lot of out-of-area rebounds. Kelton Johnson was very aggressively uh, chasing down rebounds. And uh, if he'll, like, he's had a couple 
of double-digit rebound games this season, if he'll rebound like that for them, mm-hmm. that is huge. Because there's not a guy on the team, I don't think, I think even including P.J., whose energy can dictate the rest of the team's energy. Maybe P.J. But Keldon is like such an energy-centric player that when he's really uh, aggressive and uh, sort of doing the little things, uh, doing the nitty-gritty things, that, I think, kind of catches fire with the rest of the team. So I thought that was really big that he came out, and that was right away. He ended up – I think he had uh, – well, I guess he had eight rebounds in the second half. But he, he – so he had six – or no, nine in the first half. Yeah, he had nine rebounds in the first half. That's pretty good splitting of the I'm rebounds. Doing bad, doing bad math there. Hey, yeah, I mean, it was – 17 minus nine. It wasn't, in, you know, in one little flurry. It was basically the entire game he was out there – um, attacking the glass. PJ joked that Keldon stole a few rebounds from him or he would have had more, but, I mean, that was just kind of what he was doing. He, in The way PJ described it is if he got his hand on the ball, he was going to get the rebound, and that's the mentality that I'm sure John Calipari wants him to have. Um, and Calipari also mentioned, and it's become one of Calipari's catchphrases, that Keldon told on himself, and when, when Calipari says that, it means that hey, you can do this. You just showed that you can grab 17 rebounds in a game. If you ever have a game where you're just grabbing two rebounds, two rebounds, we know that it's basically because of effort because right. we know what you're capable of now. Yeah, and it sounded like Keldon took that the right way. He said the message there is don't settle. Don't settle for being less than what you can be. Um, and I think that's good that he views it that way. One thing kind of circling back to EJ and Nick, I had crunched the numbers going into the game on the per 40-minute averages of them combined. Mm-hmm. And so combined for the season coming in, EJ and Nick were averaging 12 points, 11 rebounds, and just shy of four blocks. Well, they combined played 43 minutes today and had 10 points, 10 rebounds, six blocks, and three steals. So kind of right on their averages in, in points and rebounds and, and – uh, took it up another level in sort of uh, post-defense. So <coughs> I would say that's pretty close to a perfect contribution from those two guys. I think Cal said he would like to see some more rebounding. You know, EJ was the best of the two today. Uh, what did he finish with? Six points, seven rebounds, three blocks, and two steals. That's a good – in that's 22 good. minutes. Um also interesting that Cal said, you know, in one of the huddles he was saying to, to Nick, or, you know, saying who on this team is rooting for Nick to succeed and, of course, everybody, including the coaches, are, you know, saying, yeah, us. Everybody wants this guy. All the fans love him. Um, but, we can't, you know, he said we can't do it for him. It's interesting, and he, Cal, some of the way, the way that Cal talks about Nick is not like hardly anyone he's had here just continuing to say like it's going to happen it's going to happen we got to stick with him we want this to happen we can't make it happen for you uh it's a confidence thing it's a it's a in you know between the ears thing and he said that nick was one of his all-time favorite players one of the his, <coughs> excuse me one of his favorite players he's ever coached um and he said reiterating i mean he is committed to this and has been now for two years the light bulb is going to go off and when it does, we're going to see a monster. Shouldn't it be that the light go light bulb on, goes on? Everybody says that though. That's like the expression that the light really? bulb, that the light the light bulb goes off. Yeah, that doesn't that's make why, any that's sense. That's the way people say. It. I think it's one of those that gets it's get it gets retold wrong. 
uh, yeah. like could it, uh, uh, what was like the other I thing? Could, like I could care less, even though you're yeah. trying to say I couldn't care less. And didn't he say something about stinking thinking? Yes. Uh, the freaking weekend. <laughs> it's we're the not allowed stinking to, thinking. We're not allowed to sing R. Kelly anymore. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, right. But no, like, uh, yeah, I guess that he just was trying to say, I mean, I've never heard it phrased that way, but I understand what he's saying, that Nick Richards thinks too much, and that kind of yeah. goes in the, yeah, and you the pantheon of great quotes about Nick Richards thinking too much, including Kenny Payne saying he wants to chop off his head. Yes, <laughs> stinking thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, just the idea that he gets kind of in his own mind and, and is telling himself bad thoughts, you know, like you can't do this or whatever. Um, but I, I didn't think Nick played poorly. Uh, he had four points, three rebounds, two blocks, or three blocks and a steal in 20 minutes. Um, he remained super uh, skittish. <laughs> Um, what was the know, one offensively at times? And well, the one play he had a block and then he just let it roll out of bounds, didn't he? Or, or yeah, he well, <laughs> and there was also the play, the crazy play that our friend Brad Dawson pointed out on Twitter, called it the luckiest assist of all time. Tyler Hero catches oh, the ball, yeah. jumps in the air, doesn't know what he's doing, <laughs> narrowly avoids a travel, gets a pass away that's intended for post uh, Nick Richards, who's posting up. Completely lets it just go by. Doesn't he? Doesn't even <laughs> well, reach out and grab it. It was tough. That's what I was going to say. It was probably out of his Looks reach. Looks like it's going to sail out of bounds, and then P.J. Washington appears under the basket, gets it, and flips in a reverse layup. Um, that was when, a wild play. When when Rupp, the Rupp Arena PA announcer said, assist to hero, I was kind of like, should he really mm, get yeah, an assist? Just like not, he just, you should just not give him a turnover. Yeah, that, that should, I don't know what you do with that. But, um, you know, talking about assist real quick, just mentioning this, Kentucky's, and I don't know the numbers, Early on, but it felt like almost every one of their shots early in the sec the first half were assisted plays. They had a ton of assists in the first half, and it's obviously a key to when you're able to move the ball. You can get open shots, and Kentucky was getting a lot of open shots in the first half, and we're hitting a majority of them. Yeah, I think what we're seeing really a lot of lately is team ball. I mean, as well as as PJ Washington has played individually. You know, when we do these breakdowns, it's like you got to get seven guys mentioned. <laughs> yeah, because a guy, you know, we and we haven't and we haven't even talked about. It. <laughs> you, you, pred- you predicted it, <laughs> I, uh, uh, and we haven't even talked about it. Curtis said there was this was one of those games that was going to lead me to say, and we haven't even <laughs> talked about because some so many guys played well. We haven't even talked about Ashton Hagen having fourteen points, five assists, a steal. And making six of his eight shots, and they were shots. I mean, all but one were jump shots. In fact, mm-hmm. one area we can critique him is he's Mr. Toe on the line. He was two inches away from being four of six from three. Instead, he's two of four from three and then two long jumpers that he made. And apparently uh, – Yeah, I'll tell it. Uh, he, he, the way he, um, he was talking, someone was asking uh, him about the celebration, and he does the three-tar where you're acting like you're playing a guitar after you make a three – and apparently assistant coach Joel Justice was giving him the business because after he did that celebration, after one of his jump shots, it was actually a two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he, just, he's like, the king he, of the long two. He just laughed at it and said, I was just happy to make the shot. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's kind of where we are with him is, you know, uh, you, you, you be pleased that he is confidently taking shots. Yeah. And that, you know, Bruce Pearl had a great sort of analysis Bruce Pearl is very high on Kentucky. Oh, my goodness. I mean, second straight loss to them that he's just praised 
you know, talking about the character and the makeup of these players because he recruited so many of them. He recruited Higgins. He recruited Keldon. He recruited and had E.J. Montgomery committed. And he says these are winning players. But he talked about Ashton Higgins, and it's true, having followed him. He's always been a pass-first point guard, and he, Ashton talked about that tonight. I, I want more than anything to get my teammates involved, but I also know that I have to start to keep people honest. And, and so Bruce Pearl said this is a kid who's so unselfish, and he, he so sort of builds his identity on what he can do to get other people shots that he's never maybe never worked on his three that much. And so he said, I'm not surprised that now that he is working on it, he's making it and he's taking it confidently because he's a super confident kid. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I think that's a big deal. Um, He's now four of eight from three over the last two games. And and that, again, that's sort of misleading because I think there are two in this game and one in the last game that were long twos with his foot on the line. So he's, you know, that he made. So he could have seven made threes, essentially, in the last two games. I mean, and these, he's making his jump shots. The mm-hmm. form looks good. Cal Perry said he's in late at night in the gym working on these things, and he's, you know, he's, he loves to say demonstrated co- – or you build your own uh, confidence through demonstrated performance. But that, that's a thing. You see a couple go down in a game, and you go, okay, this work I'm putting in uh, is helping. And so for two games now, Ashton Higgins is a shooter. And if he's going to make shots – and even necessarily not at the clip he is now, but just make them at a higher clip than the horrible clip he was shooting them at most of the season. It, it I think you asked Bruce Pearl, like, how do you defend them if he's going to do that? Because I was on a radio show yesterday, a national radio show. Congratulations. Uh, I was on a they asked, radio show in Mississippi yesterday. Nice. It was the same show that had incorrectly asked me about <laughs> Kentucky losing <laughs> – Losing to no beating, beating LSU when they had lost to him. Um, did you plug at, Locked On Kentucky yeah, during the show? I did, but they they, all, they asked like, what is if they have one? What is Kentucky's Achilles heel? And I was like, well, I don't know that they have like a, a, a true Achilles heel. Something that just you go like, there's no way they can win the tournament like this. Except, <clears throat> excuse me. Except you might go having a point guard who can't shoot is bad. Yes, you know, suboptimal. And, you know, then he comes out and yeah, he shoots the shots. lights out. Six of eight. Today. So. 14 points. I, I thought Ashton Higgins was great. Come and uh, one last thing about PJ. I can't remember if we talked about this coming out of the Missouri game or not, but one of the things that stood out about what PJ's done lately is sort of his leadership at Florida. We saw him getting guys' faces. At the Missouri game, Higgins played a horrible first half. He's getting lit into by Calipari. And they go into a timeout after, I think, a turnover or something by Hagen's. And they come out, and the cameras catch P.J. Washington with his arm all the way around Hagen's neck, laughing, smiling, joking, making Ashton Hagen smile. And from that point forward, I think he scored like 10 points mm-hmm. in the second half and started making shots. One, it's, it's big that you got P.J. Washington behaving that way, that we've seen both angry P.J. challenging guys and then good cop P.J. like – Hey, Cal's mad at you. You're messing up, but it's okay. I got you. That version as well. That's those are two kinds of leadership that speak to an overall leadership you want to see from your best player, but also that Hagen's has responded to it and he's a guy who doesn't necessarily just go in the the dumpster when he's not playing well. Coming up next, we are going to talk about PJ Washington's nickname and I'm going to call out Kyle Tucker because 
He had a chance to do something, and he missed his opportunity. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about Birch Sheet Metal. If you need metal roofing or siding for a residential or agriculture project, go direct to where it's made. That's Birch Sheet Metal. They've got classic rig panel cut to order with a 10-year warranty in 15 colors, plus Galvalume and economy grade with all the trim and accessories to match. You can give them a call at 859-485-1921 or... 1928 or check out birchsheetmetal.com that's b-u-r-c-h sheetmetal.com they've also got bubble insulation permafelt sliding door track and aluminum frame rails birch sheet metal is located in walton kentucky give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birchsheetmetal.com don't pay lumberyard prices for metal go direct to where it's made you are locked on kentucky your daily kentucky wildcats podcast what we've we've had a lot of discussion about PJ Washington, aka Pure Jumper, aka Pea Shooter, aka Three J, and uh, today we have found out from the, the the man himself what his nickname is, according to his teammate, and it's Pistol. Pistol PJ. That is a terrific nickname. Yeah. Good job by the teammates. Pistol, and he said he doesn't know why they call him that, or he, but he just goes with it. Cause that's well, I mean, Pistol Pete <laughs> yeah, is I mean, obviously a, a famous basketball player. How, do you think anybody in that locker room knows who Pistol Pete is? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I bet they've seen like videos every once in a while on the internet because those, those go around social media. Like, be like. And one mixtape ballers for real. Uh, yeah, like I'll do a throwback, like, yeah, throwback like, to the day. With throwback Pistol Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Pete Maravich used to ball out of control. Like maybe they saw one of those every once yeah. in a while. I mean, Pistol Pete's pretty famous, and they. Uh, but Pistol PJ is a great. I mean, when you got a a power forward stroking fifty percent from three, scoring twenty points every night, Pistol PJ is a good good name. I like it. Yep, I, I think we found his I'm, nickname. I'm I'm on board with it. I am gonna refer to him as Pistol moving forward. I will retire. Pure jumper. Pure jumpers out of business. Three J is a pretty good one, but uh, I don't think that encapsulates his whole yeah game. You know, Pistol. Yeah, and then finally, <laughs> Kyle. Yes. Uh, we we talked about on the last edition of the the podcast how the journey UK basketballs. Uh, video that they do after every game i got on it you didn't well you got on it but you sounded like sling blade, sling blade. and mm-hmm. if you if you missed that go back and listen to the podcast before this but apparently kyle they wanted to get you into it i was talking to the guys who produced that today but you when we previewed missouri just pooped on missouri and said kentucky's gonna win we're moving on <laughs> <laughs> and so if you had actually given analysis well, you too could have been future feature. <laughs> but i turned out to be right because they were housing missouri before reed travis got hurt and if that had kept, if they'd won by 40 maybe i would have gotten it maybe, maybe but uh been like trap game and i would have been like haha no way they're gonna win uh oh well yeah. I, I'll have, we're going to start. They're going to see their influence. This is influencing our content because now I'm going to be recording. I'm going to be speaking in, <laughs> in journey worth the journey worthy sound bites. Yeah. And uh, well, guys, tonight at Auburn, <laughs> Kentucky's got a big one. <laughs> big match up here in Rub Arena. <laughs> Saturday's game in Knoxville is for all the marbles. This is Kyle Tucker on the Locked On Kentucky podcast <laughs> talking about all the marbles. Why are you obsessed with marbles all of a sudden? 
anyway um yeah and you know if we don't like our content to be influenced and we don't like groupthink, that's two things kyle and i tucker yes. kyle tucker and i have Me, in common curtis curtis kyle man and i all agree that groupthink <laughs> in our group text we agree that groupthink is bad all right that's enough of this podcast yep. We'll uh, we'll be back soon to talk more about Kentucky sports, and we haven't even talked about <laughs> follow skyline along. chili. Follow along on social at Locked On UK on Twitter, uh, on Facebook search Locked On Kentucky. Follow Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. Read all his work on the Athletic. Follow me on social media at Curtis Birch. B-U-R-C-H. You can check out the post-game interviews on my timeline or on BigBlueInsider.com. That's the show you can hear me weeknights with Dick Gabriel on WLAP. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, and then most importantly, share the podcast with somebody else who would enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Bird Sheet Metal and Buffalo Trace for sponsoring this edition of the show. We'll talk to you guys soon. are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs>